Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith, Edinburgh. This podcast features edited highlights from our service held on Sunday, February the 20th, 2022. To find out how to join us, and for more general information, please go to stjamesleith.org.uk. of inclusion and belonging is one of the deepest soul questions that we have and fundamentally it's a question of love. Can I show up in the world just and be loved just for who I am, exactly as I am? Am I seen? Am I heard? Am I safe? Do I belong? I used to belong to a group called Being and Becoming. Two or three years in, we inadvertently began to refer to the group as being and belonging. And I think that says something about process. We cannot make people feel that they belong. It doesn't doesn't just happen. Like the story of the Velveteen Rabbit, we become. And often that takes a while. Often with a bit of tussle and some courage some stickability and vulnerability and tangibility and the safe salving of wounds when we miss each other. At the inclusion group, we've spent the last year telling our stories to each other, varied and edgy, with differences and struggles. And we've seen a little bit more of each other. We've heard each other a little bit more. And as a church, we're in a process together of working out what this inclusive church badge really means amongst our values. When we were planning this service, we began to think of three parts of belonging. Belonging more to ourselves that we explored in a service here a few weeks ago and has been touched on a lot over the last weeks. Belonging to each other here in St. James, and that's the focus of today's service. And hopefully in a third service, we'll look at what it means to be an inclusive church in and for the wider world that we live in. As we continue today's service, all are welcome.
taken from Genesis chapter 45, verses 3 to 11. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, so dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry up and go up to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds and all that you have. I will provide for you there since there are five more years of famine to come so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. Hear what the Spirit says to the church. Thanks be to God. reading for today is taken from Luke chapter 6 verses 27 to 38. Glory to Christ our Saviour. But I say to you that listen, love your neighbours, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. 
If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. This is the gospel, good news for all. Praise to you, O Christ. In my last uh, church, uh, the vicar, the wonderful uh, vicar that she was, did lo loads of amazing things. But during the service, everything had to be exactly just so. Even to the point, if someone was in the wrong position, she'd, in the middle of the service, move them to the right position. And then uh, I followed her and rolled up. And I think in my first service, can't remember exactly what I did, probably trip over the step or something, or uh, missed out uh, uh, a reading, and the whole congregation, there was this collective sigh of relief and laughter, and they thought, oh, it's okay, <laughs> we can make a mistake. And one of the things at St. James that I, I absolutely love is the generosity of spirit when uh, things go wrong, like technology. <laughs> so... Um, uh, I, yeah, it's something that's really important. And I think that generosity of spirit is important in inclusion um, because we need to have a generosity of spirit, what I call a spaciousness, to allow the other person to make mistakes or to be who they are and uh, to love them. So we have above our portal, as you, uh, you might know, all are welcome here. And I think they're wonderfully aspirational words, um, but difficult to put into practice. Um, but they're words that St. James has a history of grounding in reality. Because in the past, uh, Geoffrey uh, told me that St. James was the only church in Edinburgh to baptize unmarried mother, uh, babies of unmarried uh, mothers. Now that might seem very reasonable today, but I think at the time would have been considered deeply controversial, even heretical. And the church community here and whoever uh, the minister was courageously stuck their neck out um, and remain to the true value of all are welcome here. And so I just want to make it clear that this inclusion service is not, it's not a one-off and then we can park inclusivity for the year and carry on. It's actually an ongoing commitment um, of us all to work at uh, inclusion and, and to really work at it. And I'm very grateful for the inclusion group for taking a lead uh, in this. On my interview, I actually said I could not go to a church that wasn't inclusive. That was my kind of line, I suppose. We've all got lines. And I really want to, to say why um, I think it's so important that it's a core value, theologically, very briefly, I won't take too long, of all are welcome here, that it's not just a, a kind of progressive church thing that we add on to the main church, that actually it's a core value um, 
And once you begin seeing, reading the Bible, particularly the Gospels and the life of Jesus through an inclusive lens, you'll see that that's kind of what he does is just break down barrier after barrier after barrier and widen God's love to more and more people. I mean, it's just right through the Gospels. So Jesus was a homeland Jew and his religion was centered around the Jerusalem temple which at its centre, right at the centre in terms of space, was the Holy of Holies, where only the high priest could enter and only once a year. And then that was surrounded by the court that only the priests and Levites were allowed. And then outside that, only uh, Jewish men who were circumcised. And then the outer court was for Jewish women, although during their menstruating years, they could really enter that court. And then outside that, there was a, a big notice that said, uh, warning non-Jews, anyone non-Jew who entered the temple, that they could be punished by death. In other words, the architectural design of the temple, the center of uh, the religion, replicated the purity laws by creating these firm boundaries about who was in and who was out. And I think humanity has an eternal inclination to draw lines, to invoke boundaries, establish hierarchies, and actually maintain discrimination. And most religions do it. They have these worthiness systems based on some kind of purity code, whether it's racial, national, sexual, moral, or cultural, and it is designed to create a sense of superiority, identity, and belonging by excluding others. It's a lazy way of doing that. If you want to create community, that's what politics is about now. If you, if you watch politics, the lazy way of, uh, is to put a barrier down and critique others. And we see that in our religions. Jews uh, have often defined non-Jews uh, non as Gentiles. Uh, some Catholics will speak of non-Catholics, exclude others from communion. Muslims, uh, some would call non-Muslims kafir or infidels. Evangelicals create a, a pecking order with uh, born-again Christians. Charismatic uh, Christians differentiate between those filled with the Spirit, those not. And liberal churches are no different. <laughs> they use words like evangelical as pejorative, all sorts of uh, ways uh, which we subtly exclude others. And Jesus, as I said, challenges any system based on external values of purity, worthiness, and exclusion, and he replaces them with internal values of compassion and inclusion. So it's not what a person eats that makes them unclean or whether he or she washes their hands, but it's what's in their hearts. Jesus was a radical reformer of religion and these barriers. And he redefined the values of the new community by challenging tradition based on power and exclusion. So he touched lepers, he touched menstruating women, he touched uh, Syrophoenicians, all of which were unclean has table fellowship with tax collectors and sinners, people he's not even supposed to enter into their, their, their door uh, to make the, it would make him unclean. So Jesus demonstrates that compassion for those excluded 
not holiness, should be the defining characteristic shaping our community's collective life. So I think we need to look carefully at the hidden and not so hidden barriers we erect that exclude people so that we become a community based on compassion that breaks down barriers and redraws constantly lines of inclusion and friendship. And I think I said at the beginning, a key to this, I think, is that we learn how to be spacious in our relationships. In other words, that we allow others to be themselves without judgment and that we widen, we consciously widen our friendship circles of friendship and uh, a gay Christian who uh, in the first church when I was a um, curate who was a refugee from a neighboring church and had not been treated particularly well had this uh, note on his frigid door which went religion drew a circle that shut me out heretic rebel a thing to flout but love and Jesus had the wit to win he drew a circle that took me in and I think uh, if we are to uh, follow in Jesus' footsteps, then that is, should be an absolute core value and, and, and is a, a core value of this community, I know. But it's actually grounding it, uh, making it real, not just having it in our heads here, but actually uh, making it real. So I'm now going to, I think, we're going to hopefully watch a, a video. What helps you belong at St. James? To answer this question, I've actually spoken to a few other people, so I'm going to represent both my kind of feelings and those of some other people. Um, I feel that St. James has a unique atmosphere, um, and I've never experienced a church like it. Um, it's a relaxed, informal environment, and it's got a great tradition of art and music and um, creativity. Um, We've got the opportunity to question the open space group, for example, or heretics, as it's also known, um, is, is one example of that where you can um, question, uh, question questions you have. Um, there's no fixed dogma. Um, a, a friend actually described who he said how they describe St. James to other people is for people who don't do church. Uh, for people who don't normally like traditional church. Um, but in spite of all the uh, informality, it clearly focuses on worship. And that's really very important as well. So I, I have been part of St. James for a few years and some people will know that I've moved recently up north. So I can only be literally described as a country member. Um, so with that caveat, but maybe the helpful perspective of distance I'll say that um, my belonging, I think, stems from a sense of shared values with the St. Jay's community. Although, also, I have to say that some of that is probably based more on gut feel than on perception than hard evidence. But I'd say I find at St. Jay's a shared interest in questioning, like Amanda was saying, and, and sometimes challenging things of faith. Um, Answering the question, what helps me belong most directly, I think is probably that when it's at its best, I, I am who I am. In St. James, I, I'm accepted um, as that. And, and some folk take an interest in me and my issues. I'm a guy with my own worries, my own happinesses. I'm partly deaf, um, but I'm listened to. And it, 
And in that sense, I feel I am St. James and St. James is me. I moved uh, to St. James's um, um, just over seven years ago uh, from Birmingham. And um, for me, it was a time when um, on my own sort of spiritual journey, it was um, a season of winter for my soul. And uh, to be able to come into St. James and um, to, be, to find a place where somehow uh, people were there just to leave you alone in a sense and not to overwhelm you. Um, I just found that uh, so welcoming uh, that it was a place, a welcome where it was okay uh, not to be okay. Uh, a place of acceptance wherever you are on your spiritual journey. And some may even feel I'm not even sure if I am on a spiritual journey at all, uh, but it's a place where um, people are welcome and can feel belong, uh, a sense of belonging even before they believe anything. What would help you or a part of you feel more welcome here? Well, I've described how, to be honest, I, I feel pretty welcome, but there, there's a part of me that sits very deep and is very strongly felt. And I guess as I'm not an activist or certainly not an expert, um, some people won't really be aware of the fact that I, I really am drawn to things and people that challenge and throw over convention and conservatism with a small c. My, my heart sings when I hear, um, maybe in something I'm part of or, or not, when I hear of the appointment of, say, a disabled employee without bat an, an eyelid, when a woman gets um, what has been for years a man's job, um, when events or broadcasts are accompanied by someone signing for the deaf, just as routine, I love that. Um, when St. Jay's literally talks about God as a woman, um, when a trans friend is just one of us, the appointment of, of a gay minister or rector, in somewhere maybe I've heard of or know. Um, so with the adoption of the inclusive badge at St. James, addressing disability, ethnicity, gender, mental health, poverty, sexuality, I, I love anything that refer references that and I'll feel more welcome at St. James every time I see or hear these things mentioned. It's the sort of community I'd like, well, I'm pleased to be and I'd like to be part of. For me, St. James is um, uh, a place which is just filled with some beautiful people um, uh, who are from all kinds of different backgrounds and ages. Uh, and for me, coming from an Indian heritage, uh, there's a, a fusion in sense uh, for me, which is the East and the West. Um, and, uh, and I suppose one thing that would really um, help me is that I tend to draw quite a bit in terms of um, spiritual, uh, spirituality, which is from uh, an Eastern perspective. Uh, and um, to see a fusion more and more of that as St. James, I mean, it's amazing the, the worship that we have, the, the, the band, but can you imagine one day adding to that a, a sitar player and, and other musicians and music from all over the world. Um, and that's not to distract from what we already have, uh, but to add to it. Yeah, um, 
I'd just like to sort of identify two strands, the, the church as it has been and the church as it now, and focus on, on COVID and the effect that that's had for being at St. James. Um, myself and, and some other people I've spoken to have felt more isolated um, since the COVID epidemic started, not seeing other people in person, mask wearing, um, opportunities for coffee, etc. Um, also the occasions which has not been able to be avoided, but uh, occasions that people can come together have been missed. For example, the Monday Thursday service, the Friday walk, shared lunches, birds, supper. Um, and so I think there is that feeling that um, people are feeling a little bit more fragmented and it's kind of important to come together. The other part, point I wanted to make is that I think uh, one can feel more involved if you take on a role within the church, for example, prayers, welcome music. But if you don't take on any of these roles, I think some people can feel more on the margins of the church. Um, not all people in St. James is wonderfully creative um, and there's lots of extrovert in the church, extroverts in the church, but not all people can feel like that. And, and, and sometimes that leaves people feeling a little bit more separate from the rest of the church. That all sounded really good. Well done. That was amazing. Yeah, really <laughs> nice. <laughs> Ready for the next question, Jock? Yeah, should we crack on? Yeah. How can we live more fully our message? All are welcome here. I think St. James is, uh, is that place where people do feel that they can belong um, uh, without believing first and, and just to be accepted just as they are. I think it's, um, we need to continue to be that sort of people which uh, don't overwhelm people when they're among us, uh, but uh, feel uh, that they are there and that people can be included. And I think it's that thing about inclusion, uh, that they feel included into our worship, uh, they feel included into uh, the, the various things and, uh, that we're a part of, um, but also with the option to opt out, um, that they don't have to be a, everything. And I think that's one of the beauties of St. James is really that uh, not everybody has to do everything at the same time, uh, but uh, to be able to say, this is an option, you can take part in this. Um, and there may well be, I know I, I love sort of doing the piece, but some people in our midst might feel very embarrassed to do that and say, no, I'd rather just sit down, thank you very much at this point. And we have to just accept and be welcoming uh, to people uh, if, and have that right attitude and also towards people uh, from uh, different uh, communities and different cultures as they come among us. It's the way that we welcome them, it's the attitude that we have and not some sort of structure that we put into place. Um, as I said in the previous um, question, I'd just like to, to answer that in two parts, to look at um, how people can feel more welcome within the current uh, St. James community and, and the, what's no, what could be considered the new community within Leeds, you know, and, and that would involve outreach work. Um, I think it's important to, um, it's difficult with our use of the building to, to develop a, a community 
presence. You know, currently we have the Leith School of Art in the building, but uh, ways that we could identify community needs um, and network with, with other organisations. I think it's important to be involved with other projects in the community, um, from the night shelter, other ethnic background uh, groups, um, single parent groups, whatever. Encouraging, it's about encouraging people to, um, uh, who visit the church to make, to make them feel very welcome. And one thought could be that uh, people who are on the welcome team could maybe sort of link, they see someone new come into the church and just kind of uh, be alongside them and just informally, informally talk to them. It certainly helped me when I went to another church as a single parent um, to, to be welcomed in and for people just to gently find out a bit more and chat to me. So, so um, picking up on that, maybe th there's something about that word welcome that as, as I thought about this question, perhaps needs a bit of work on and thought about. Um, welcome, I'm, I'm thinking maybe is, well, it's more than an open door, it's more than a smile. Or, or even it's more than acceptance. Um, in the the inclusive group that that's been chatting about some of these things, um, it's, I think it has helped me to understand a bit more that welcome has got to be an active thing, um, and a, even an active shift. To to feel welcome, I guess everybody needs to feel like I said I felt like in my answer to what helps me belong. Um, I said, I, I come as I am, I'm taken on board as I am, I'm listened to, and I become the St. Jay's community and it becomes me. So so being ready to take an interest, stand, and I'm speaking to myself as much as anyone else, believe me, um, take an interest, stand alongside, learn and shift. You know, it's an ongoing process. And while it might sound a bit obvious, I'm not sure it, it just happens. I think individually and as a community, it requires effort and constant attention which I think we're on board for. Um, I think the inclusive badge, which I know some of this chat stemmed from, it's, I, I don't think it's a defining, this is what we are, who we are kind of thing. It's more accurately that this is the path we're all going on and we're becoming something different as we travel. I think that's, that's about traveling towards being as open, as welcoming as possible. <clears throat> Thank you, Amanda, Pal, and Pete for those lovely words, and to Elspeth for your editing and creative input. When we first started to connect with the inclusive church movement a few years ago, Joe Mulliner, who led a service here, said something that really stuck in my mind. She said, we shouldn't really think about inclusive church. It's just church, because the message of radical acceptance and all are welcome is of course completely central to Christ's message and ministry. But while it's easy to say those words and perhaps to believe them, it can be extremely hard to live them. And why, why is that, I wonder? Uh, in my opinion, what are sometimes referred to as the hard parables give us a clue. Parables like the prodigal son and the laborers in the vineyard which teach us about God's infinite grace, they can also be difficult for us to get our unenlightened hearts around. I completely get why the dutiful older brother was upset when his bone-idle, debauched little brother got the big coming-home party that I was never offered. And it's clearly unfair that the laborers who only did one hour's work at the end of the day should get the pay, paid the same as me, 
who's been slaving all day in the heat. I mean, come on. Haven't you heard of karma, Jesus? People need to live with the consequences of their actions and take responsibility for the hand they've been dealt. That's what I was brought up to believe. The alternative reality that Jesus wants us to come home to is a place of infinite love, inclusion, and acceptance. And the most radical part of that message is that if we only allowed him to free us from our binary, glass half empty, fearful, in-group, out-group way of thinking, then we'd realize that that reality, that kingdom, is available to us right here and right now, all the time. It's a message of joy and freedom and liberation. Again, easy words to say, perhaps, but how can we start to fully live them? As Amanda Powell and Pete have intimated, in our We St. James Inclusive Church group, to which all are welcome, what we're beginning to understand is that the first step to radically accepting others is to radically accept ourselves. We are already beloved, perfectly imperfect, and entirely acceptable. And so is everyone else. We can start our prayers. If we want to feel welcome, we have to be welcoming. <clears throat> Excuse me. So today, the response to when I say, God of all loves, please respond, teach us to love like you. God of all loves, teach us to love like you. So let's pray. Jesus, you are the champion of the oppressed and marginalized. When you lived on earth, you mixed with people on the outside of society, the tax collectors, the lepers, the women, and many others. You had time for each person you met and you wanted to share in their lives. You looked on each one as a whole person. Loving God, be with those today who are feeling lonely, left out, misunderstood and discriminated against because of the color of their skin or who have a mental illness or a learning difficulty, who are not so able as everyone else around them or who are persecuted because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. We think about those who are neurodiverse or who haven't got enough money to live on. We pray for those who feel they are so different from everyone else that they can no longer go on living and they want to take their own lives. And we remember those who are imprisoned and even in other countries being put to death because they are gay or transgender. Help us to see the world through others' eyes and walk with them on their journey, welcoming them, affirming them and loving them. In your name, God of all loves, teach us to love like you. Creator God, <clears throat> you have made each of us in your own image and you expect us to go on the path of having the same mindset as Jesus. 
Holy One, we ask that you will help us to welcome people and accept them just as they are, just as you do, without putting our expectations and prejudices on them. Help us to stand alongside them, learn from them, and if needs be, change our attitude towards them. Help us to become something different and more like Jesus as we travel together. Help us to resist the urge to stay as we are and help us to be with the oppressed and the marginalized, not with those who are making them that way. Help us to remember that every time we draw a line between ourselves and others, that Jesus is on the other side of the line. And instead of drawing lines that divide, help us to build bridges to connect and welcome. Creator God, we are your people. May we be a totally welcoming community. God of all loves, teach us to love like you. Caring God, while we think you're thinking of those we could welcome into our community here in St. James's, we also think of those that no one seems to welcome, the refugees, the addicts, the homeless. We ask also that you will bring peace to this troubled world in countless places and where many are on the margins through circumstances beyond their control. We ask that through your Holy Spirit, they might find peace and a welcome somewhere. God of all loves, teach us to love like you. And now a prayer that is a prayer of St. Francis, but in reverse. God, make us channels of disturbance. Where there is apathy, let us provoke. Where there is compliance, let us bring questioning. Where there is silence, let us be a voice. Where there's too much comfort and too little action, grant disruption. Where there are doors closed and hearts locked, grant the willingness to listen. When laws dictate and pain is overlooked, when tradition speaks louder than need, grant that we may seek rather to do justice than to talk about it. Disturb us, O God to be with as well as for the alienated, to love the unlovable as well as the lovely. God, make us channels of disturbance. And now a prayer written by somebody in the Jewish community which might um, help to redress the, the um, exclusiveness of the temple. Holy One, we know you by many names, but still we are part of one human family, your family. Open our hearts and minds so that we see your reflection in the face of every person on this earth. Help us to forge bonds of compassion, dignity and respect with every person. Guide us to fully grasp that disability and differences of all sorts never lessen a person's need for love friendship, belonging, respect, and for the opportunity to work, contribute, and lead. Let prejudice 
stigma, fear and presumptions never interfere with our ceaseless efforts to assure that each and every person is able to feel the embrace of family, community and of God. So may the God who created a world of diversity and vibrancy go with us as we embrace life in all its fullness. May the Son who teaches us to care for stranger and foreigner go with us as we try to be good neighbours in our communities. May the Spirit who breaks down our barriers and celebrates community go with us as we find the courage to create a place of welcome for all. Amen. This is the